Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Well, I think this is a time that uh, when you get this combination of players together, you need to uh, have success because we all know how it goes in the NFL. The whole thing is set up to take away from the best and add to the ones that need improvement. And personnel-wise, I think we have one of the best. Is there any possibility of you making a coaching change? I don't even want to discuss anything like that at this particular time. No discussion about what anything. Coming out, coming out down 13 nothing. did this team look unprepared tonight? Again, I'm not going to discuss uh, coaching, the preparation, any of those things. That's not, uh, that's not on the table. That's Jerry Jones from after the playoff loss to the San Francisco 49ers. Yesterday, Stephen Jones said on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas that absolutely Mike McCarthy will be back. And I'm not advocating that McCarthy be fired. I'm advocating an objective look at the operation and ask yourself, are you where you expected to be and are you getting the most out of your head coach? It's like I said earlier, you got great coaches and then you got all the rest. And the great coaches are obsessed with detail, obsessed with new ideas, obsessed with repetition and practice and ensuring that the things they come up with are going to work when it's time to go play. And as of right now, credit to the Joneses. This is the perfect time for the Cowboys to try to push their chips in the middle of the table and go next level. And the question is, can their current coaching staff get them there? They very well may lose Dan Quinn, which undoes a lot of the good things that happened to them defensively this year and puts them in a spot where they better make a good higher for a replacement, they could lose Kellen Moore. Uh, they they may work out some backroom deal to keep Kellen Moore down the road, which is still permissible. I confirmed that yesterday. You can do a deal with a Kellen Moore now that he would succeed Mike McCarthy at some point in the future, and you would. It's it's an exception to the Rooney Rule. You can have. You don't have to do an external search if it's if it's written up and it's clear that that's the commitment that's made. That's a way they could keep Kellen Moore. But regardless, regardless, Chris, I I, I just don't think. It makes sense, and maybe Jerry Jones isn't going to say it because it will create a whole new narrative on the topic. It doesn't make sense to refuse to at least take a look at where you are and ask yourself, 
whether or not there's a better way. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I would. You know, again, I think with this one, let's put it in perspective. Year one when Mike McCarthy was a disaster, you know, the Mike Nolan being the defensive coordinator, not having the right players for that 3-4 scheme, you know, it was a debacle. It really was. And then, of course, you had the Dak Prescott injury on top of it that really made things tough. But even before the Dak, in, you know, Dak Prescott injury, we had some eh, Mike McCarthy moments. Game management, what the hell are they doing? Those type of things, certainly. You know, this year, early in the year, it reared its ugly head once again where we questioned some of the game management issues from Mike McCarthy, but they got the team turned around. They were certainly a lot better. Dan Quinn turned it around. You know, you know. I, I again, I think things with the Dallas Cowboys, to me, are, are overrated. That's what I would say. Across the board. I think Jerry Jones overrates his roster and how good it is. Yeah, there's some pass rushers and Michael Parsons. You know, I don't know if there's any great defensive tackles there. You know, hey, corners, pretty good. Safeties, eh. Offensive line, completely overrated. Ezekiel Elliott, come on. We know that now. He's he's your number two running back. You know, Amari Cooper, all that money there. Real good, great superstar. Not sure about that. C.D. Lamb, it's real good. I don't know if I'm ready to say superstar. He's not in the top five, top ten wide receiver in football conversation. So I think they're overestimating how good they are a little bit. They're not as good as the 49ers who were on the field with them the other day. The 49ers, I would take their roster over the Dallas Cowboys. And then I think you get into the coaching staff. You know, again, Dan Quinn improved the football team. No doubt about it. Still, it was the 19th-ranked defense in football. Let's not write home about it. It was like the Chicago Bears of 1985. The 19th-ranked defense in football. They gave up a ton of big plays and a lot of big situations all year long. Offensively, come on. It's underwhelming. How many times did you hear me say it all year, Mike? They can't run the ball because the offensive line's overrated, and their pass game has no creativity to it. Dak Prescott was off, no doubt about it. But, man, go anybody, go back and watch my podcast. I broke down their offense last week. Plays, repeat calls, simple concepts. You know, again, I question the people out there, and they're going to go like, yeah, okay, I understand Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn are like big head coaching candidates. I, I, but I don't understand is what I want to say. I understand, but I don't understand. I understand because everybody's gotten behind them, and the publicity is there. But I look at it and go, wait, the context, dig into this a little bit. Is it really that great? You know, it's it's all a little overrated. Oh, whoa, you beat up on the crappy NFC East and went 6-0. and And then beat up on the other crappy teams in your schedule and really had a no marquee win during the year. So to me, I think Jerry Jones is over-evaluating his football team a little bit in some ways, too, across the board. Well, and... Look, we talked about this yesterday, the play that was called at the end of the game. Kellen Moore's fingerprints are on that, along with Mike McCarthy. That was a failure. That was the plan that uh, the play, excuse me, that they handpicked for that situation. And it, it, it just didn't work. It was a failure of execution and a failure of coaching. And uh, I, I don't think that it's unfair for a football team, for the owner of a football team to ask, if we get in this spot in the future where the season rides on this one play, this one moment, are we going to execute it right? Are we going to have the right play? Is it going to be coached the right way? Are we going to be properly prepared for it? Do I have one of the great coaches who pays obsessive attention to detail or do I not? It's one or the other. And there aren't many in that category of 
pay great attention to detail and be one of the best in the NFL and then everybody else. And right now he's got one of the everybody else. I'm sorry, but it feels like he's got one of the everybody else. All right, um, let's pivot to Dak Prescott because you mentioned yesterday that you wished we had addressed it during the show, and I agreed with you. Uh, We talked about it a little bit on PFTPM. Here's Dak Prescott from after the game with some comments about debris being thrown by fans. At first, we thought that the debris was being thrown onto players. They were throwing the debris at the officials after the game. Here's Dak Prescott speaking to reporters about that subject. To know everything that we put into this day in and day out, try our hardest. Um, nobody comes in in the game wanting or expecting expecting to lose. And um, for, for people to react that way when you're supposed to be a supporter um, and, and be with us through thick and thin, uh, th- that's tough. I think they were aiming at the referees. Yeah. Yeah. They were at the referees. Credit to them then. Yeah. Oh, credit. Credit to them. You know... Mm-hmm. Wait, and we have to mm-hmm. tell too that it was asked again, and it still was doubled down. There was on. more. It there was, was doubled down on credit to them. Yes, That's, there's a little more on the back end where yes. he could have backed off of it, made it clear he's just joking. Right. And there's no place for that. Never throw debris from the stands onto the field, no matter what happens. The ticket that you purchase to a game doesn't give you a license to act like a hooligan. None of that was there. None of that was there, and it was disappointing. And I'm surprised, here we are, more than 24 hours after the fact, I'm surprised he hasn't come out and clarified or apologized or anything. And obviously, since he's not playing, he's not going to have a press conference this week. But it's that part is disappointing. And we say that as members of the Dak Prescott fan club. Yeah. I'm I'm just I'm surprised it was said and I'm surprised he's been so silent since then. I'd like to think somebody close to him would say Dak, Dak, put something put on social media, the something there. Got to yeah. put it back in the tube. Right, make a statement. But, I mean, we're both fans like you said. I really am. I I mean Dak Prescott, one of the reasons I've been behind him the last few years is because of the way he handles himself in those situations. He is always Mr. Organization, I'm the Sergeant General of the football team. He is phenomenal, you know, talking in front of the microphone, talking to his football team. If you watch Hard Knocks, whatever it is, it's the first time ever I went, oh, man, Dak, what the hell? Are you kidding me? Would that BS right there? You know, first off, you you can't talk about how, you know, your teammates are human beings and all that type of stuff. And then there's human beings running off the field and you go credit to them for disrespecting those human beings. You know, it's just not a good look. Definitely not. You know, unprofessional, low blow to the referees. And again, it, it, it speaks to the bigger problem we talked a little bit yesterday. Stop blaming the referees and the Dallas Cowboys. You didn't get the snap off. It was 0-0 when you snapped the ball, let alone when you spiked it. It was way done. It was over. You know, the, pen, the, 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 the frustrations with the referees. Again, I asked people again yesterday, too, like, did you – Did you see any of the penalties that you went, oh, wow, that's a bad call? I mean, again, they were all egregious, let alone this mistake as far as how you handle it, not knowing what to do with the football, getting out of the way of the ref, all issues that are their fault, not the refs. And that's where it just was a bad look for the Dallas Cowboys the other day. Yeah, absolutely. And, hey, just get the hell out of the way. Get out of the way. You have to know that the umpire is coming through get out of the way you practice it every week you don't practice it 
nearly enough. Do we have the Drew Pearson sound from CBS Sports Radio, Pete? I don't know whether we're playing that or not. Do we have that? Well, Pete, Pete doesn't sound very enthusiastic. Oh about yeah, it, Pete's so. like, uh, uh, yeah, we got it. Now he uh, sounds uh, more enthusiastic. We'll hey, yeah, Here's Drew Pearson yeah. from last night on yeah. CBS Sports Radio with some criticism of Dak Prescott. I, I'm just wavering now with Dak. Uh, I didn't see. I just saw a regression as the season went on, and that's a disappointment at $40 million a year. Oh, I thought there was more. That's it? Okay. <laughs> I thought there was more. Maybe that's why maybe that's why I wasn't going to play it. He also went on to criticize Dak for the the comments about the debris being thrown on the field. But that, that's a fairly strong comment from a Hall of Famer about Dak Prescott. Is he really worth $40 million a year? based on the full body of his first year as a $40 million a year quarterback, it's not unfair. I just think a lot of what happened after the Patriots game was him still dealing with that calf injury, even though he said he was fine. I think that calf injury affected him, just like Kyler, Murray, Kyler Murray's ankle affected him. Uh, you know, We see how these injuries linger with guys. Russell Wilson's finger, they don't want to admit to any weakness, but it's still there. No, I, I agree. I mean, it was never the same after the calf injury in that Patriots game. The magic from the offense, the magic from Dak Prescott was certainly gone after that. You know, I do think the code got cracked a little bit. People started to realize, like, wait, are they really a good running team? Why are we respecting it so much? You know, they started to figure all those out. But, again, when you sign a contract like that, that this is what comes to the territory. Yeah, you're, you're cashing a check for $2 million every time you play a football game. You know, when, when you don't play up to standards, you know, and, again, the offense – which, you know, has got some talent and explosive elements in the past game, people expect more. I know there's issues with it. Like I said, I don't necessarily love the offense either. But his play was not the caliber of play we saw before the injury in 2020 when his, you know, foot was turned sideways or what we saw before the calf injury. And I think that's what's disappointing. And it was disappointing. And, of course, you know, they really didn't look good against any of the quality defenses down the stretch of the season. And I think that's what was scary. And that's just what's going to come to the territory, you know, come with the territory when you got that type of contract. That is. When you got that type of contract, people want to see you be Mahomes and Josh Allen and do stuff where you go, wait, they're not playing good, but it doesn't matter. He's still making plays and they're winning the game because he's the man. That's why they're paying him $40-plus million. And we didn't necessarily see that from Dak Prescott at any point down the stretch of the year. He's under contract for three more years, but the way it's structured after two years, they really have an incentive to try to redo his contract. So the next two seasons are going to go a long way toward determining the future of Dak Prescott, the Cowboys, where are they, where are they going to be, and are they going to just bring everybody back or at least the coaches who aren't hired elsewhere, bring the rest of the staff back for 2022 and keep it going. It sure sounds like that's the plan. Here's our plan. Which wild card loser is best set up for success next year? The Cowboys are one of the other five who are now done. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines.
Treat dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts dad will love up to 60% off. Shirts, activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama, Cole Haan, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make dad's day with gifts up to 60% off. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. This, this game this game does not define us. It does not define who we are. Um, it does not define us at all. I, mean, I, I know as a football team, we'll be back. Um, we'll be back. It hurts and it stings because that journey of the 2021 Eagles is over and, it'll, and that team will, will never be the same again, right? There's gonna be, there'll be, there'll be changes, right? I tip my cap to those guys. Um, if, we wanna, if we wanna carve out this, a, a niche in this thing and, and push through the AFC, we gotta deal with the likes of that bunch. Uh, moving forward, we understand that. I think that's the difference in this team uh, than in the past teams I've been on is that we have an edge to us and a belief in us that we really can do anything. But the Bengals beat us today and we came up short today. I know that I'm a rookie or whatever, but um, I could have done a better job of just holding everybody to that standard, myself included, and I think we'll make a lot of progress in the offseason with that. you got to use this as, as motivation and, and uh, come back stronger from it because um, that's not indicative of who we want to be. And uh, unfortunately, that showed up tonight. 6 teams advance and 6 go home for good or at least until the start of the next season. Wildcard losers post-mortem. By the way, there was a simsism in the document through which we communicate during the show. The headline of this segment was Wildcard Losers Moratorium. Post-mortem, Pete, is the word you're looking for unless we are going to have a moratorium on any teams losing in the wild card round in the future which would make it difficult to sort out the games because somebody's got to lose pete Post-mortem. i don't know what you're talking post-mortem. about or what you're talking about post-mortem yes right. post-mortem okay we, we, we got several categories but chris i predict you and i are going to agree on almost all of them okay. let's begin with this of the six losers the team closest to the super bowl closest to the super bowl is who i'm still going to go the new england patriots out of the, the all the teams that lost wild card weekend i'm going to go with them I mean, I think they got a lot of the meat and potatoes and everything you want for the roster in place. They just now need some sizzle, right? To me, that's what they need. Maybe another pass rusher, another speed linebacker, need a legit weapon at receiver. If you want to be a run in the football team, you know, or, hey, we need to spread the field and we're going to let Mac Jones be surgical and do all that, they need another, like, go-to blue-chip number one receiver. Uh, but I'm still going to take the, the Patriots in that one. See, I can't, I can't, I thought we'd agree on all these. I can't. I, at 47-17, I just can't. Um, I, I'll, I'll, well, damn. You just got one game's going to make you determine it over a team that you don't yes, even know who you're going to yes. pick right here in Huff and Puff. Yes. Yes. I know, but not the Patriots. I, th- I think the Cowboys, 
as much as I hate to admit it, because really, I feel like you they think have the Cowboys with that with Mike McCarthy of the and six, all those things? Of them. the six, well, if they would if they would hire a new coach, I think yes. you just want to be Can contrarian I here. I think you want to go Patriots, but you're just gonna let last week linger, and you're mad. You're mad because that was your pick. And it's personal to you, so you can't take them right now. I think this is one of those instances. I'm upset with the Patriots for screwing me. <laughs> I think it's one of those instances where you're going to piss you off a little bit and you're just looking to pick anybody but them because they let you down. <laughs> the team farthest from the Super Bowl is which oh, of the six? The P- uh, the, mm, man, gosh. Um, ooh, this, this one's the tough this one This one's to me. This one's obvious. Yeah, I, why? Why is it obvious? I, I don't know I don't if know. It's, it's obvious. Who's playing quarterback for the Steelers Well, next I, I know, but, the, man, there's other things in place there that I look at to where I go, defense, still got a chance to be good there. I... I, I, I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Las Vegas Raiders right now. I'm that's who I'm gonna say. And again, there's a lot of good. I don't see anything great with the Raiders. Uh, so that's a, that's where I get. I don't even know how good of a quality playoff football team they were. I'm I'm really not sure. I'm gonna go with the Raiders on that one. I am. I think there's some things in Pittsburgh that I like to where I wouldn't be shocked if they got the quarterback next year. They're in the mix once again. You know, I haven't given you my answer yet. I was just throwing out a question for yeah. you because I'm going to agree with you on this one Ooh. because it feels like Mark Davis is going to hit a reset button and they're going to take That's what I, yes. multiple steps backward and who knows what they're going to build coming out That's of my the conscious decision right. to, to retreat from a playoff team. Right. So I think we're on the same page. Okay. Okay. Coach Good. most likely to still be with his team five years from now is who? Well, I, I, I think there it comes down to two people. I mean, it's Mike Tomlin, in my opinion, or still Bill Belichick. It's one of those two. I'll go with Belichick. I think that's the the one wow. where if you made me wow. bet, yeah, I think he's still going to wow. be there five years. Yeah, I think it's Tomlin. You think I think it's Tomlin? Tomlin. Yeah, I'm not saying Belichick's going to be gone in five years, but between the two, I'd say it's Tomlin is most likely to still be there. Quarterback who will have the best season next year from the teams that lost in the wild card round is who? Mm, it's hard for me not to sit there. Ooh, gosh, wow, man. Uh, I mean, again, I think Mac Jones is going to be good next year. He's got to improve his ability to make power plays, explosive plays in the pass game a little bit. I'm still going to go with Dak Prescott there, though. I am. I, I, I just, again, Dak, to me, still has too many qualities. There's enough there in the, the receivers as far as weapons to where uh, I, I have a hard time thinking he won't bounce back from this and kind of regain the form we saw before he got the calf injury this year. Yeah, I think the injury is the thing that derailed him. He was having an MVP season before that happened. Now, the problem is you got two straight years with injuries, one very serious, one that was enough to dog him once he missed a game and came back. And what what do we say all the time? The hallmark of a franchise quarterback being available to the franchise week in and week out. So that's been a question for Dak the past two years. But I agree with you. Of those quarterbacks, Dak, the quarterback with the most uncertain future is – who? I was going to say Ben Roethlisberger, yeah. but we know well, we're kind of certain. It's highly yeah, certain. We're, certain we're very certain. He's gone. Who's going to join him is potentially no longer being with their current team. Well, I, I, I'm not saying he's definitely going to not be on their team, but I think certainly the one that jumps out, there's no doubt. Out of this group and these teams there, it's Jalen Hurts. You know, again, Jalen Hurts, it goes back a little bit to that spread offense thing we talked about, you know, and at some point, you're going to play a team that can stop some of these runs and stop the quarterback from running. And you know, stop the run game in general to where, okay, now we need to have some diversity or another avenue in which we can attack and beat you. And again, 
I mean, people saw there yesterday, it's not the greatest pass defense from the Bucks. I mean, that's one of the weaknesses of their football team. And they, they really had no chance. You know, he's got a slow delivery. You know, he's it's not a real strong arm, as you see. He doesn't throw great spirals. You know, this is still the things I question about Jalen Hurts. To me, again, that's not his strong point. But that's where Philadelphia's got to evaluate this. Do they want to go all in and just go all in on more run offense and do crazy stuff that way? Or are they going to go, wait, I don't know if we can ever get over the mountaintop here with this type of style of football and him as our quarterback. Do we need to find somebody that could be a little bit more of a, a threat in the drop back pass game? I mean, again, you saw the game yesterday, Troy Aik- or two days ago. Troy Aikman was trying to be very nice. How many times did he turn a play and go, eh, this is open. In the NFL, this should be completed. He probably said that five times during the game. He was trying to tell you that those were less than throws from Hurts at times. It was funny. Troy was Troy was a little salty about not doing the 49ers. Oh, I Cowboys loved it. Game. That was awesome. It was funny. <laughs> yeah, some, some of us would like to be some calling that game. Some of us would like game. to be calling a game like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to say that Derek Carr's got the most uncertain future because new GM, new coach, Derek Carr entering the final year of his contract. Derek Carr, if they don't keep Rich Bisaccia, may not want to be there. Maybe it's time for him to choose to move on. I know he's said before, I'm never leaving the Raiders. I'm going to play here my entire career. I I, I, I think that, that there's a chance that, that uh, the next regime could decide to make a change. Either way. I feel like this is up or out off season. I don't think you want to go, and I know we've seen it happen before, usually with younger guys. I don't know that it makes sense to have Carr going into the last year of his contract. It's not like it's a huge salary. He's probably done enough to expect more. The Raiders just have to decide, are we going to make a commitment to this guy uh, or are we going to trade him? Are we going to move on? I don't know who else out there would want him, but once all the dust settles on the coaching carousel, then maybe there'll be a spot where we say, hey, you know what? Maybe that's where Derek Carr could end up. But I think his future is the most uncertain because they still have Jalen Hurts for two more years. And I think they like the idea of maybe a second-tier quarterback and build around him and not have to overpay for your long-term starter because he's not a first-tier guy. Roster with the most holes is which one? Oh, the roster with the most holes. Hmm. Uh, I still I, I I think I'd probably go with Las Vegas there again. You know, again, I don't think the quarterback's a hole at all. It's one of the positives of the organization. I mean, again, if they want to make a switch there, then they better make sure they got some superstar ready to take over. Because Derek Carr is a top ten-ish type quarterback. But I go with the Raiders for what you heard. The other teams to me at least have some areas on their team that are elite. Where I go, you can build off that. And it's going to scare teams. I, I, I yeah, I, I look at the Raiders again and I go, you know, man, the coaches really were a big part of their execution. Uh, oh, I like little things about their team, but there's no one great area. I don't look at it and go, oh, the offensive line, watch out. Oh, the receivers, watch out. Oh, the defensive line, oh my gosh, they're close to being dominant. Oh, the secondary. There's none of that on that team. There's a lot of good but all these other teams have at least one, maybe two areas where I go, it's kind of special, and if they add a little something to that this year, watch out. They could really kick some butt in that area. You know, most holes, uh, l- let me say, 
most problematic holes would be the Steelers. Yeah, because of the, I just yeah, saw I just right. saw a tweet that may, all signs point, according to Mark Caboli of the Athletic, all signs point to Mason Rudolph being the starter. In oh Rangers. my gosh! Are you kidding me? What have we not? All due respect to Mason Rudolph yeah. and his friends and family who may be watching this. Have we not seen enough? Have we not seen enough? For Mason Rudolph. What has Mason Rudolph done to ingratiate himself so deeply to the Steelers organization? I don't get it. I don't They're get going. It. And what did we say? They're going to get something. I don't get it. They're going to get something. I don't buy it. Right. I know some people that, you know, got some knowledge in Pittsburgh. I think they got one of these guys that's a superstar that might come free on their radar. Collinsworth. If you listen Sunday night, I, he was making he, right? he was making some, he was kind he of was making, making some Aaron Rodgers. He was making a comment that he knew something that we didn't know that there might be a quarterback out there that they kind of let us get. A, they they told us behind the scenes they got their eyes on this guy. I can't tell you. I the thought audience. it was Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I thought it was Aaron. But Rogers. I didn't know. I didn't know. I thought man, man, maybe it's Deshaun Watson. Maybe it's Russell Wilson. And the Rodgers thing. You're right. No doubt about it. Came across my mind, but. Remember, remember the googly eyes? Yeah, that's Aaron, right. Aaron Rodgers. Right. Googly the, the eyes of Mike, Mike Tomlin. Tomlin. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. Uh, uh, lastly, and I think this is one we will agree on. I don't think we agreed on any. The team we'll talk about most this offseason. And if it's not the Cowboys, we can't be friends anymore. Uh, no, well, uh, yeah, the Cowboys are certainly always in that conversation. Man, I, I think it's going to be Pittsburgh just because of the quarterback situation. Well, you're right. Now that we've tripped onto the Aaron Rodgers thing, but you're right. I remember that now. The Collinsworth thing was like something where he was like, I know something that the rest of you don't, but I can't say it on live TV in front of, you know, 30 million people. So (laughs) I I love the idea of Aaron just being 100 miles away. I can drive up. We can hang out. Oh, that would be awesome. I'm coming over. You'll finally get me to come (laughs) over. I'm coming too then. I get him to come down to the barn, you know, yeah. wait, we can hang Smoke out. Smoke some cigars, a little tequila. You guys can have a good time. I got scotch, Aaron. I got scotch, and I got tequila. I got the good stuff. Right. I got the 1942. And I can bring the really good stuff. And oh, man, me on we it. could have a party. <laughs> yeah. Can't fly, though. Got to drive. Yeah, that's, Can't that's fly. tough. Damn. Damn. Uh, all right, wait, let's take a break. Um, when we return, uh, aftermath of something that happened on Sunday in the Buccaneers game, and Bruce Arians in a little bit of hot water. It hasn't got a lot of attention, but it could as the week unfolds. We'll discuss that next year on PFT Live. Here's what happened on Sunday. Andrew Adams was in the process of removing an Eagles player from the pile after a muff by Jalen Rieger, and Bruce Arians came over with a slap to the head and a follow-in elbow to the shoulder pads and a little shove on the back end and probably a few choice words as he was telling him, get the hell out of here, you can't be pulling a guy off a pile, you're going to get us a penalty, yada, yada, yada. Now, look, folks noticed it, it was written about, the NFL declined comment, the NFLPA declined comment. Here's Bruce Arians commenting on Monday when asked about the incident at his press conference. Hey, Coach, um, I think you briefly touched on this last night. Uh, your interaction with Andrew Adams, um, I know you, you kind of swatted at his helmet at all there. Can you just kind of take us through that? And, and was it regrettable at all for you, the fact that you actually, like, made contact with his helmet? No. And uh, I've seen enough dumb. You can't pull guys out of a pile. We just got a big play, great field position, and he's trying to pull a guy out of a pile, and I was trying to knock him off that guy so he didn't get a penalty. 
And that's the explanation from Bruce Arians, <laughs> and that's obviously what he was doing. But hey, look, 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 I, I'm trying to think of a time that we've seen an NFL coach cross that bright line of thou shalt not lay hands on a player. I can't think of the last time I saw it. And it's a bright line. I'm sorry. I don't care. Bruce Arians, funny guy. Bruce Arians, Super Bowl champion, two-time coach of the year. Fine. Great. Congratulations. Well done. Still can't lay hands on a player. And even though the NFL hasn't said anything yet, and the union hasn't said anything publicly, I'm, I'm told it's, it's being handled and that the league is fully aware that there are certain things you cannot do and you cannot lay hands on a player. Period. No, uh, listen. It, it's it's not a great look. It, it it you know it it's one where yeah it's 2021. You don't see stuff like that happen anymore. Now, what I will say is, again, I think it speaks to a guy like Bruce Arians. Who I, again, I'm going to put it in, in another category of like he's got the Midas touch when it comes to players a little bit. He's got a magical way of being able to love a guy and then mother f a guy, and the guy doesn't feel like wait. He's like totally hates me. He's just emotional, and this is Bruce Arians, and he's crazy, and he swears, and that's the way he is. He's probably the and only he slaps coach. me in the helmet, and he elbows me in the shoulder. I know. I'm not saying. I'm sorry, I know. Chris. It I, doesn't fly anymore. No, I it get it. But anymore. if there's one coach in football that can get away with it, it's him. He's one of those guys that just got that way about him. And I know it doesn't fly anymore. Should I'm not, he? Should I, he get away with it? No, I don't know. Again, you know, that's up to the player and, and the that that too. I mean, again, it's not a good look. The NFL is certainly not going to like that. that uh, I understand that totally. I get it. But I also think there's a faction of the old school football world, myself included, oh. where I grew up in an era, and you did too, <laughs> where the head, the head high school coach, he smacked you in the head at times. He grabbed your face mask and told you what an effing idiot you were. I mean, that's kind of the old school football world. We've lost that in the last 10 or 15 years. But that's the school he's from a little are bit. You, are you lamenting that? I mean, you, you know what? I'm that? the type of player, if Please that happened don't. to me, I wouldn't give a damn. I'm just going to say that. Well, I know. But it's still a very touchy thing. It doesn't look right. Of course, there's a lot of ways it doesn't look right. But, like, listen, if John Gruden or Josh McDaniels and I was there doing something like that that could have maybe got us a personal foul. Gr and they, did Gruden ever do that to you? Well, did Gruden ever do that to no, you? No, he, he never did. I mean, he degraded me with, with language. But, right. you know, more times than not, not it, was, that's okay. it was justified, too. So, but... But I, I guess, yes, it's it's a weird one. You better be a special coach that way, and you better know who you're doing that to. But certainly, I can understand the NFL not liking it, or or anybody not liking it. I, I get it. I think Gruden didn't do it to you because you would have picked him up and put him on top of the refrigerator <laughs> and left him there all day. <laughs> I would have thought about it. <laughs> uh, look, look, we've talked about this before. It came up not that long ago with Urban Meyer, just to claim that he kicked the kicker and there was dispute over how hard he kicked the kicker right. that greased the skids for Meyer to be fired at a time when his job was in very tenuous but, status. But let me, can I say this too though? But Urban Meyer was just jerk, 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 jerk. And right. Bruce Arians right. has the way of cool, cool, keeps it real, cool, great coach, great coach, great coach, oh, jerk move. There's a little difference yeah. there in the context of how it's set up. Uh, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I, I just wanted to no, say No, no, no. It's fine. Yeah. But but look, look. We're led to – and, and this is the point I made yesterday. Yeah. If the NFL is going to be obsessed with the messages sent right. by football players at the right. highest level by taunting, by posturing, yes. we can't let this happen at the lower levels. 
you need to be as concerned, if not more concerned, about the message sent to the coaches of the lower levels of sport. Because we've talked about this before. I've been in earshot of youth football practice, and I've been horrified by the stuff that these morons will say to nine-year-old kids. <laughs> not Let them be nine-year-old kids. You're not getting them ready to go to war. I'm telling you. I, I mean, it was almost so bad that I, I, I almost intervened. I could not believe what I was hearing. Yeah, I get so, you. When you see Bruce Arians do that, if there's no consequence, if there's no sanction, if there's no, and if he's defiant, no, because I've seen enough dumb. It's like, hey, as long as you're doing something dumb, it's okay for me to whack you in the head. That That's not the message that's, you want to send to these that's real. yahoos right. to whom children are entrusted because a lot of these youth football coaches are stupid-ass yahoos who are acting out some fantasy that they're not equipped to ever achieve, which is to be a Bruce Arians. Yeah, I, Mike, I, I don't disagree with any of that. I mean, again, it goes back to, you're right, the taunting thing, the look of it. Yes, it's impressionable on coaches. It's not a good look for anything for just, hey, yeah, the head man in charge, he's physically abusing one of the employees. That's basic line where we just know that's a line that's not crossed anymore. But again, Can't I do, do think, it in any other workplace. No, I know. Can't do it again, in I do think football world's different, and it's unlike any uh, other workplace. I get it, and you know, again, I just, I guess, where I have a little bit of a soft side is I am old school that way. You know, damn, Bill Parcells is part of my life. You know, I grew up, you know, in here in, in North Jersey where Vince Lombardi's from the area. Every high school coach tries to be like that. We know Vince Lombardi certainly grabbed some face masks, face masks and probably pushed some guys around a little bit at times. Uh, it's just that's where it's a little different. But, yes, I think the real point is what you're talking about. What the league's trying to do, where the world is right now, that's where it's just not acceptable anymore. We got to go to break, but let me say this again if you haven't heard me say it before. One of the reasons that I constantly, constantly work and go and go and go is because I remember when I was 10 years old and I was loafing at football practice, the coach kicked me in the ass. Now, yeah. now, do I have I benefited from that in significant ways? Yes. Am I still scarred by being kicked in the ass as a 10-year-old kid by a grown-up? Yes. So that's the balance, folks. Yeah, uh, th- yeah, and that's, I hear you. you know, there's so I think there's some people out there who were part of the old school football on the receiving end who still remember it very vividly all these years later. That's not a good thing. Let's yeah. take a break. We'll be back with more PFT Live right after this. Get off my lawn. Every time I see the phrase pressure cooker, I have flashbacks to when I worked at Kentucky Fried Chicken and literally well, I didn't cooked know chicken right. in a pressure cooker. Whoa. In a pressure cooker. There was the big ass one that took five trays of original recipe chicken and lowered the thing down into this big machine that, God, talk, talk about the health has. I was 16 years old. And then there was the one shot pressure cooker and you had to crank the lid down. There's 360 degree grease everywhere. I, I, it's just amazing. It's amazing I survived it, frankly, with as clumsy as I am. That's funny. That's well done. Well done. Oh, uh, yes. Back in your day. Flashbacks indeed. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I'd come home after a seven-hour shift after school on a Friday and stink up the whole house. It was bad. All right, we got to get to the draft. We had a trivia question, but Pete crossed it out because we've been talking too much today. Goats in a bad way. Your favorite segment of the week. Wild card edition, super wild card edition. You're up. Well, I, I mean, 
I, I'm, I'm going to go with Mike McCarthy to lead off that one. Just the way the game was handled, the way the Dallas Cowboys played. Again, I know they were there with a chance to throw the ball into the end zone and all of that, you know, to maybe win the football game, but really were outplayed throughout. And then to cry about the refereeing and all of that, and then the way the game was handled at the end. I mean, just none of it looked good to me. You know, at home, playoff loss. Yeah, I mean, I want to, you know, put really McCarthy and Dak Prescott kind of in that same box together, whether it was the, way they, the way they handled the end of the game and, and really their press conferences too. The uh, and, and absolutely, as we discussed previously with the comments about throwing debris at the officials, I'll go Cliff Kingsbury for all reasons discussed in the first 45 minutes of the program. The Eagles are the Eagles. The Cardinals completely outmatched completely outclassed and completely fell apart after starting 10 and 2 it's the trend that is well established and Kingsbury is the guy who's in charge of it and if i were him i would be i would be checking my phone constantly to see when the call from michael bidwell is coming go yeah he'll be a little nervous no doubt well how do i not go with you know the sideline judge or jerome bogert from the cincinnati raiders playoff game with the you know inadvertent whistle I mean, again, the referee crew, 345 Park Avenue, I don't know, all of it. Just the, hey, it's playoffs. Hey, oh, it's one of the first big moments of the game. Whoa, guess what? In the year where we talk about the referees screwing up a lot, they screwed up the biggest, first biggest moment of Super Wild Card Weekend. And that was just an absolute crap show. So they deserve to be on this draft. Welcome to Goats in a Bad Way. And then lied about it. And lied then about lied it. about it. The, right. The, Walt Anderson lied to us about it. I, we got to say we got to call it what it is. Walt Anderson lied to everybody. They heard the whistle after the catch was made. That is a blatant lie. Yeah. Bill Belichick. That's mine. Ah. Bill. My God. Right. My God. Bill the Belichick. I mean, come on. Yeah. Come on. Well, all the Belichicks. All yeah. the Belichicks. Uh, no. Uh, no drives ended in anything other than a touchdown or a kneel down for the. Bills on Saturday night. Never happened before in the NFL. Never would have dreamed it would have happened to Bill Belichick coach team. Round three when PFT Live continues right after this. All right, goats in a bad way. Round three as we wrap up this Tuesday edition of PFT Live. Chris, who you got? Yeah, it's it's uh it's this is where it gets a little tough. I, I you know, I, I do think of Jalen Hurts. I but but again, I that was a game where I, I worried about it. I kind of expected it that they wouldn't be able to run and now the pass game wouldn't look good. I, I'm I, I'm gonna go on a I'm gonna echo a one that you kinda already picked, but just go a little different. Kyler Murray. I am. You know, just again, the way it looked last night was a little concerning. And hey, I expect more than Ky- from Kyler Murray. He's in that rarefied class of, oh, some people think he's a top five quarterback, definitely a top 10 quarterback, weapon, supposed to do something in a game like that last night to go, oh, wait, he'll make a play to change the momentum, get things going in the right way. It was never that. Of course, it was a horrible interception. It was inaccurate throws, 0 for 9 on third downs. That's quarterback down. And he looked very small and overwhelmed in the pocket in the football game at times last night. And that was scary, and I expect more from him for sure. Somebody just emailed me. Remember how you were saying how big these NFL players are when you see them in real life, and you're taller than Kyler Murray. Yeah. That, that, that really does put it in perspective. Right. Uh, last one for me, and, and even though they won, Jimmy G did everything he could to keep the 49ers from winning. And I've got three to test out. Dr. Jimmy and Mr. 
Hide Your Eyes. That was submitted by a reader. <laughs> right. Dr. Jimmy and Mr. High and Outside, which I kind of like. That is good. Or the one that I used yesterday, Dr. Jimmy and Mr. Hide Your Kids, Hide Your Wife. I think that's the one I'm sticking with since okay. that's the one I came up with. All right. That sounds either good. Either way. Well either done. Way. Sorry, Jimmy. Prove us wrong this weekend Please at do. Lambeau Field. That's it for today. See you tomorrow. See ya. NetCredit is here to say yes, because you're more than a credit score. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partners. NetCredit. Credit to the people. Treat dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts dad will love up to 60% off. Shirts activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama, Cole Haan, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make Dad's Day with gifts up to 60% off.